Hello and welcome to another edition of Resistance TV. In tonight's programme, we're going to be discussing fiat socialism, and we've got the perfect guest to talk about it. One of the most irritating features about the corporate media and the political class is that whenever socialists talk about the desire to create a good society, they're confronted with the same old hackneyed refrain of, how are you going to pay for it? These corporate hacks and vacuous politicians never worry about paying for wars, though. I mean, when it comes to funding the illegal war in Iraq or sending weapons to Nazis in Ukraine, there's a bottomless pot of money. But it was Tony Benn, wasn't it, who said that if we can find the money to kill people, we can find the money to help people. And our guest tonight is Carlos Hernandez, who's just written a book entitled Fiat Socialism, which is basically a blueprint for delivering Tony's maxim. As well as being an economist, Carlos is also a publisher based in Germany, and he was the uh, publisher that published my book, 10 Years Hard Labour, when all the British publishers I approached turned me down. Carlos was also in Argentina uh, last year to meet senior figures from the central bank and other public bodies to discuss how modern monetary theory principles could be applied to address Argentina's economic challenges. So welcome to the show, Carlos. How are you? Thank you very much. I am, uh, I am very happy to be here with you, and it's a honour. Great. Well, I'm pleased you're taking the time out, mate, to, to speak to us uh, this evening. I wonder maybe if we could perhaps uh, start, Carlos, by if, perhaps if you could just maybe outline the, the five principles underlying or underpinning uh, fiat socialism, because I think a lot of people will not be familiar with the term. So I think if you could un unpack those kind of five principles and then we can maybe get into a bit more of a discussion about what, what, it, what it's all about. Sure. Uh, the, the book Fiat Socialism uh, is the, um, a way to, to achieve the, the goals of socialism through modern monetary theory. So the goals of socialism are in the, on the forefront of, of, um, of, of fiat socialism. And uh, what I say in the book is that any system that guarantees um, permanent full employment, full and prudent use of natural resources, a guarantee of food, shelter, clothing, health services, and education to every citizen, social security in the form of pensions and subsidies, and a guarantee of decent labor standards can be considered and should be considered uh, a socialist system. So it's not, it's not so much about the traditional historic laws of socialism, uh, that focus on the property of the productions uh, of the means of productions, but on these five goals. And uh, my proposal uh, says that if uh, we achieve these five goals, uh, we have achieved socialism. Yeah, I mean, and uh, just unpack that point that I was making as well at the start, Carlos, because. Uh, those of us who have been advocating, uh, you know, investments in, in public services, the creation of a good society, uh, you know, making sure that, we, you know, we don't have to uh, penalise people for getting a, a higher education and providing houses and decent infrastructure, etc. Whenever we talk about things like that, uh, the uh, corporate media hacks always say, well, well, how are you going to pay for it? Um, we also get the same refrain, as I was saying in the, in the introduction there from, from politicians, of the left and the right. And uh, obviously, I think, you know, they can, I suppose a smart quick, when they say, how are you going to pay for it? We could simply say, well, with money, uh, actually. But um, but just uh, explain, 
could you uh, Carlos, for for people who are not familiar with the uh, uh, whole modern monetary theory principles about how a country like Britain that issues its own currency uh, could actually provide the sort of um, decent society without creating a, a huge inflationary problem? Well, uh, that is the 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 how to. Uh, that is the question about how to achieve those five uh, goals. And uh, the method that I propose is modern monetary theory. Uh, I propose modern monetary theory as a method for uh, full employment of resources and price stability. Uh, following modern monetary theory, we can say that the spending capacity of a government is not determined by the um, uh, monetary uh, capacity, but by the um, uh, real resources. The, the limitation uh, on the uh, spending of a government doesn't come from the money side, so, uh, so to speak, but from the uh, um, resources, the, the real resources that uh, that government has at its disposal. So the question is not uh, where are we going to find the money? The money is going to come from the central bank, like all the money in the world. But uh, the question should be, do we have as a society enough uh, real resources to uh, guarantee these five points that I just mentioned for every citizen? And um, in the book, I talk about uh, I, I talk about Spain as an example, but uh, we have talked many times about uh, Great Britain and about Argentina, and the answer is yes. Most societies have enough uh, uh, physical resources and human resources to guarantee these five. Um, these five um, uh, goals. So uh, the money is not the problem. The um, the capacity of the government to spend in its own uh, um, currency is potentially illimit uh, unlimited. You cannot run out of your own money if you issue the money uh, from your central bank. So you cannot run out of your own currency. That is something that the neoliberalism has tried to um, has tried to impose in in uh, Western societies, but that is not the case. The only um, uh, issuer of the uh, pound in this case is the Central Bank of England, the, the Bank of England. The only issuer of uh, euros is the is the um, European Central Bank, and so forth. You know? So. Uh, it is not a problem to find the financial resources. The financial resources are potentially unlimited. The, the question is to find the real resources. So the, the question is, for example, from for, for Britain, does Britain have the real resources to guarantee these five points, these five goals of socialism to everybody? And the answer is yes. Yes, indeed. I mean, both the left and the right, or the vast majority anyway, of the left and the right in, in Britain, I guess really around the world, always talk about taxpayers' money and the need to raise taxes in order to you know, fund public services. And uh, often there's a debate about uh, whether the top rate of income tax should be increased so that the billionaires pay a proper fair share. And the implication is 
amongst the vast majority of public still, is that that's how we fund our public services, that we have to tax people. We have to raise the revenue from the taxation system in order to fund whatever it is that the government wants to uh, spend on, whether it be sending weapons to Nazis in Ukraine or providing a decent health service and education service and infrastructure, etc. Just say a little bit about tax, if you could, for us, uh, Carlos. I mean, what, you know, what is tax for? And uh, how, I mean, you talk about real resources, but I wonder whether you could maybe just to kind of explain that a little bit more as well about, well, okay, well, how is a government going to deliver uh, this sort of good society or whatever society they want to create if, um, if it isn't going to raise the money from taxation? And if it isn't, if, and if taxation doesn't fund the public service, what is taxation for? So maybe you could just say a little bit about those two points. Yeah, that is uh, what I call in the book the big lie of neoliberalism. Uh, the father of modern monetary theory, Bill Mitchell from Australia, uh, always says that neoliberalism is the economic system that uh, maintains that you have to uh, raise taxes or you have to collect taxes in order to be able to spend. And that is a great definition. And I think it's, I think it's true. Um, the uh, um, the uh, notion that the government has to collect taxes in order to spend is uh, uh, first of all a logical impossibility. The only uh, the only way you can pay taxes if is if the government has spent that money before you pay taxes. So until the the, the public spending doesn't happen, you don't have enough money to pay taxes. The, the, the money comes from, from the government. The, the money comes from the central bank. So it is impossible that the, um, that the uh, taxes pay for the uh, public spending. It's, it's the other way around. It is because of public spending that we have money to pay taxes. And uh, that is very important to have in mind because after uh, Margaret Thatcher um, policies and, and Ronald Reagan policies, uh, we have uh, we we have the idea that uh, millionaires and billionaires pay for everything, so we need the millionaires to pay taxes. So we have uh, money uh, to have schools and to have uh, housing, etc. And uh, that is that is uh, just the other way around. The um, the we don't need the money of the billionaires and millionaires. To, uh, for, for, for public spending. Uh, the government has uh, all the money it needs to uh, spend as much as it considers on real resources, independently of the millionaires and billionaires. Of course, I, 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 I don't oppose to, to taxes, but we have to keep in mind that the, um, the role of taxes uh, is not to, to finance the public spending, but it is three. Uh, it has three main um, objectives. The um, the first the first one is to modulate um, um, inflationary pressures. So if you raise taxes, uh, probably you are going to fight uh, inflationary pressures. And if you low if you low taxes, probably you are gonna uh, promote uh, inflationary pressures, depending on the state of the of the economy. It also gives the taxes also give uh, give value to money. The only reason why the money of the government uh, has value and is accepted in the private transactions 
is because you need that money to pay taxes. So taxes give value to money. And the third reason uh, why taxes are necessary is to promote or disencourage uh, the different economic activities uh, of the country. If you want people not to smoke so much, you will raise the, the uh, taxes on cigarettes so people cannot afford to buy so many cigarettes or, or if you don't want them to, gam to go gambling or if you don't want them to go drinking, you know. So these are the three the three um, the three mm. uh, uh, reasons why we need taxes. But by mm. no means we need taxes in order to finance public spending. No, indeed. I guess another uh, purpose for taxation uh, is around addressing inequality uh, in in society. And, uh, you know, the billionaires when people have got access to that level of resource of course it you know gives them an enormous uh, enormous power and uh, you know clearly uh, i guess that's another potential role for for taxes as well but i wonder whether Carlos, you could say something about um the guaranteed uh, employment uh, uh proposition within your uh, five um principles of of fiat socialism you talk about guaranteed and permanent full employment and, and perhaps say as well what why is that better than um universal basic income, because, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about, I think that's a panacea, but I know that uh, a lot of uh, people like Bill Mitchell, for example, and uh, MNC economists are, are, are very sceptical about UBI. But just talk a bit about the, you know, w w how do we deliver this kind of guaranteed and permanent full employment in that sense? Well, uh, that's why I uh, the, the, um, full employment and the job guarantees is the reason why I don't like to um, to talk about redistribution of wealth, but pre-distribution of wealth. Of course, we should have uh, taxes that tax more the people who have more resources. That is absolutely clear. But uh, independently from that, I mean, uh, we will have we, we have to have a system that pre-distributes the uh, resources of the society. And the way the best way to do that is through job guarantees based on uh, on employment buffer stocks. That means that everybody who can and want to work but will not find uh, a job in the permanent uh, public sector and uh, or in the uh, private sector will get a transactional uh, 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 a trans uh, uh, you know a transitory uh, job at the public sector um, in order to fulfill all his or her necessities. That will be uh, the job guarantee um, salary that de facto will be the, the base, uh, uh, the, the minimum wage in, in society. And with that wage, you should be able to uh, cover all your necessities and the necessities of your family. Uh, that is called uh, job guarantee. That uh, uh, that means that uh, if we had a job guarantee and a, a zero percent uh, unemployment uh, policy, you just would have to go to an employment office, and you will you would not leave that office without a job. They would find mm -hmm. a job. They they would give you a job, a job that uh, in most cases um, would be uh, in social services services that are not provided by the permanent uh, uh, public sector or by the pub, uh, private sector, a job that doesn't compete for resources, for, for 
for resources against the the private sector, so it doesn't create um, um, inflation inflationary pressures. It it doesn't compete against uh, the private sector because first of all, the private sector didn't want to hire those uh, those workers, and because uh, the job guarantee will be um, put forward with uh, very little resources. You shouldn't be using a lot of um, uh, a lot of utilities or a lot of uh, material uh, things that are very expensive. So you don't compete uh, for for real resources with the rest of the economy. And if and by doing so, you um, you will you will be able to achieve full employment without creating um, uh, inflationary pressures. And uh, the yeah. question, of course, is what to do with that uh, with that full employment without inflation. And that is what the political aspect of fiat socialism kicks in. Well, if if you have full employment without inflation, but you cannot go to a hospital, or you cannot, or, or you don't have housing, or you cannot go to school, well, it is it will not get you very far. So we okay. should use uh, full employment and uh, price stability provided by modern monetary theory in order to achieve the goals of socialism. Yeah. And what about uh, universal basic income, UBI, uh, Carlos? I mean, why why is uh, a job guarantee scheme better than UBI? Because a lot of people, including people on the left, actually, they don't think it's necessarily a left-wing uh, idea, um, you know, quite attracted by that and often pushing for that. And I know John McDonnell, for example, when he was the shadow chancellor, embraced the idea of a universal basic income and indeed said that if the Labour government was elected, that he would he would pilot UBI. Why should we be concerned about UBI, in your opinion? Well, actually, uh, the idea of the universal basic income comes from the uh, neoliberal right, from Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman was the first one to propose a, a universal basic income. And uh, there are many aspects why... Uh, the universal basic income is is not a socialist and a progressive um, policy. The first one is because uh, as a as a socialist uh, government, it's very difficult to justify if someone comes to you asking for a job and your answer is no. I know you can and you want to work, but I will not let you contribute with your work to society. Instead of that, I'm going to give you this little money. And uh, so you can go on. And uh, when this money, when you run out of this money, we will see if I give you a little bit more so you can keep on uh, surviving. That is not from a philosophical point of view. Uh, it's very difficult to justify that uh, is, uh, from a socialist perspective. But um, it also uh, creates inflationary pressures. The universal basic income especially if you want to uh, make it high enough so that people uh, are not living in misery, will always create inflation. Why? Because the, uh, the, the price of every monetary unit, the price of every pound, will cost zero minutes of work. So in order to achieve, uh, to, 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 to earn one pound, the amount of minutes you have to work is zero. With the universal basic income, if you uh, if we have a job guarantee scheme, uh, then uh, you will be able you, you will have to work in order to get every monetary unit that you make. So 
um, the the value of the of of every monetary unit, the value of every pound, will be equal to a, a certain amount of time that the uh, time of work that the government will decide. If uh, we say I don't know, uh, I will give you one monetary unit per hour, that is what the monetary unit costs. But if you just give it away, the monetary unit without any uh, labor uh, associated with it, the the value of that monetary unit will uh, will be uh, ever will be uh, lower and lower. So it will yeah. create um, um, inflationary pressures. And on the top of that, we also know that uh, that unemployment uh, creates uh, enormous uh, social problems. Um, yeah. and unemployment uh, comes associated with uh, with uh, um, um, criminal activities, with uh, family problems, with addiction, with uh, health problems, with uh, mental problems, and all kind of problems that the society wouldn't have if everybody had a decent and well-paid job. Sure. I mean, we were talking, weren't we, before we went on air about... Uh new technology, artificial intelligence, and so on. I mean, how does that fit in to your worldview, Carlos, in terms of, you know, a fiat socialism? I mean, should we be fearful about artificial intelligence and, and new technology? Or, or how should we handle it? Or how would a, a government that was implementing fiat socialism deal with the impact of new technology in terms of jobs and things like that? Well, actually, if we look at the historical <coughs> records, the uh, societies who have less unemployment are the societies um, uh, that have more technology. So uh, historically, the most advanced, uh, advanced uh, societies are the societies, societies with the least uh, amount of unemployment. So uh, that equation, uh, technological uh, development and unemployment uh, doesn't add in. Uh, historically, it has been the other way around. The more technology, the more employment. And um, I also think that um, the uh, technological developments of uh, artificial intelligence uh, don't have to mean more unemployment in our societies. We can define a job the way we want. Uh, so, uh, uh, Technological adv advancements on uh, artificial intelligence means that uh, the job uh, or, or the jobs that we have to do or the works we have to, to do are probably easier than before. And uh, they will also allow us probably to have less uh, working hours than before because technology will help us to be more productive. So the, the, the question is, how are we going to use that uh, technological advancement? The, the, the level of unemployment in a society is always a political decision. If we have a job and we mm, use uh, new technologies in order to uh, fulfill that job, that means that we will be more productive and we will be able to work less hours. But that doesn't have to imply at all that uh, uh, the unemployment rate will be higher. On the contrary, I think that uh, this will help us to implement job guarantees and 0% unemployment policies. Yeah, I mean, and one of the other principles uh, of the five sort of underlying principles of uh, fiat socialism is, is a guarantee of food, shelter, clothing, 
health services and education to every citizen. How would that, how would you, you know, foresee that manifesting itself? I mean, would it be in the firm, in the form of, I know, handouts to people or, or, or what? How, how would that work in terms of, the, you know, the guarantee of food, shelter, clothing, health services and education, etc.? Yeah, that is something that, uh, for example, we, we have been discussing with the comrades in, in Argentina. And uh, I think that, of course, uh, it makes a big difference if you are in Europe or if you are in Latin America or if you are in Africa. I think that, for example, in Europe and in, in the UK, probably um, food and shelter and clothing will be um, just something that you can achieve by the job guarantee um, um, salary, the job guarantee wages, uh, because the uh, the um, the real resources are pretty much available for everybody. So we will just be, uh, you know, it will just be a matter of of uh, of 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 wages, uh, the wage of the job guarantee. In the case of uh, places uh, outside of Europe, for example, in in Latin America, where I have been very active, for example, in Argentina, we could opt, for example, for uh, for um, coupons or or um, um, tickets that will allow you to uh, receive a proper uh, food stamp or, or food stamps in, that will allow you to to achieve the proper uh, fooding uh, food and, and shelter that you that you need, you know. Uh, for, uh, excuse me. The, 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 you will be able to achieve the right, uh, the, the proper uh, feed. You, you will be able to feed yourself properly. For example, with uh, with food stamps and things like that. You don't need to always re, um, relate to the to the job guarantee wages. And uh, same thing. <coughs> with, same thing with um, with uh, shelter. Uh, in Western Europe, uh, the, shel- the problem of sheltering everybody is not a huge problem, but in societies like in uh, Argentina, for example, it is a big problem. So um, we should we should be we should be able to um, to offer a temporary se- uh, um, shelter to people who need it. And at the same time, be able to uh, build the new housing projects that people need. One <clears throat> one very interesting project that is now going on is uh, uh, the project that uh, the Nicaraguan uh, Nicaraguan government is developing with the help of uh, the Chinese government. The Nicaraguan government is building right now. Uh, uh, tens of thousands of uh, new apartments for people in need with the help of uh, Chinese um, Chinese uh, companies that are part of uh, swap, swap line uh, agreements between the central banks of Nicaragua and China. Uh, things like that could be done, for example, in places like Argentina that also establishes uh, swap lines with the Chinese government. And... Um, these are all different uh, forms of implementing the shelter guarantee. Uh, it depends where we are. There will always be uh, different solutions, but the, it always comes down to real resources. If we yeah. have the real resources in our society to uh, to guarantee shelter and uh, clothing and food for everybody, then the financial solution will always be will be at hand 
because uh, uh, the financial solution, the financial resources are um, potentially uh, unlimited. So yeah. uh, we always have to focus on the on the real resources. Yeah, I mean, and I think the the, the, the section in the book, Carlos, that you speak about the swap lines, is, you know, is a particularly important. Uh, part in my opinion, although the whole book is is, is really fascinating, and uh, and as I've said, I believe you know it could be a blueprint for for action by by socialists, and certainly a way of um, of pushing back against the, uh, the corporate media and the and the political class who always you know make that point about how are you going to pay for it. But uh, that reference to swap lines, I suspect a lot of people won't be familiar with uh, that term. I wonder if you could maybe just explain what what swap lines actually are and, and how they benefit countries. Uh, like uh, Nicaragua, who are doing, um, you know, deals or swap lines with with China, for example. Just just uh, explain that in a bit more detail, if you can, Carlos. Well, in my opinion, uh, the sw uh, swap lines projects that uh, the swap line projects that uh, the Chinese government is implementing with the developing 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 countries are uh, one of the main aspects of the multipolarity. Uh, that we are entering now in the world. The swap, uh, a swap line is nothing but an agreement between two different uh, uh, central banks in order to uh, have credit in the uh, currency of each other. If, for example, uh, China and Nicaragua have a swap line, the Chinese government will uh, uh, give credit to the Nicaraguan government in the Chinese uh, central bank, so the uh, so the Nicaraguan government can use that credit to uh, import uh, all the needs and goods, all the all the goods and services that it needs. And at the same time, the Nicaraguan government will repay that credit by opening uh, a credit um, uh, account. For in the name of the Chinese government in the Nicaraguan Central Bank. So the, so the uh, Chinese government will be able to import from Nicaragua uh, the resources that the Nicaraguan uh, government has. In that, in that fashion, you don't have to go, you don't have to, to, to go to the international um, um, currency markets and you don't have to exchange your currency for dollars or for any other reserve currency uh, that always weakens the uh, value of the money uh, of the currencies of the of the developing countries. In this fashion, this will only be uh, uh, the, the trade will be done from uh, central bank to central bank without flooding the uh, international currency markets with national currency. In that, in that fashion, the uh, exchange rates of the currencies of the, th of the developing countries will, will, uh, will be uh, sta uh, stabilized. They will not uh, suffer big uh, up and downs. And uh, inflation will also not kick in every time they try to uh, provide themselves with the resources they need to uh, industrialize themselves. Um, this is, in my opinion, uh, revolutionary. Uh, yeah. If 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 the Nobel Prize, Peace Nobel Prize, was not absolutely uh, worthless because it has been given to war criminals like uh, Barack Obama, I would I would say that uh, Xi Jinping should get the um, 
the, the Peace Nobel Prize for these kind of initiatives. Yeah. Uh, for the first time in history, the developing countries have the opportunity to industrialize themselves in their own currency. Yeah, so they can use their own currency then in, in these arrangements with uh, with uh, with China, for example, then to to in, in those kind of deals. So, I mean, that is quite kind of revolutionary, isn't it, and groundbreaking. And I absolutely agree with you, Carlos, in terms of the impact. I mean, if anybody should be getting these prizes, absolutely, on things absolutely should be up there. Uh, but like you say, it has been tarnished by uh, some of the recipients of the of the uh, of the peace prize in the past. Uh, we're sort of uh, virtually out of time, uh, Carlos, but I just wanted to just ask you one more uh, question in relation to uh, the fiat socialism uh, idea, uh, and that is in regards to the guarantee of decent labour standards. And I wondered what what role would the trade unions play in those circumstances, in your opinion? I mean, is there going to be a would you would you foresee a, a, there being a, a role therefore or or not uh, in, in that sense in terms of you know, guaranteeing these decent labor standards. Absolutely, I think that uh, without the um, the uh, imp the implementation of uh, of uh, labor um, uh, unions, uh, the socialist uh, project is not possible uh, in any form, fiat socialism or what or, or or any other form. My origins actually are. Uh, are from the trade unions here in Germany, where I live. I come from Spain, but I have uh, been member of the uh, trade unions in Germany many years. And I have experienced myself one, uh, one uh, feature of the German law called co-management. Co-management allows the German uh, trade unions to, to manage together with the uh, private uh, um, entrepreneurs uh, the the companies where there is a presence of of uh, of the trade unions. I have been member of the of the working committees in Germany, and I have seen firsthand how much power this kind of uh, uh, co-management uh, initiatives give to the to the uh, trade unions. I think that that is absolutely um, crucial for for fiat socialism. To uh, to um, embrace this kind of of initiative and to uh, move forward in the direction of the co-management of uh, companies together with the uh, with the trade unions. Yeah, well, listen, it's going to be a really important book. I know it's already out in in Spanish, but for the English uh, reading audience, uh, when is the book going to be available, Carlos? And how can well, people get hold of it? The Spanish uh, version uh, was published in November of last year, and the English version, with uh, with a wonderful uh, foreword written by you, will be uh, available uh, in July. So, uh, sometime next month, uh, the the English speaking readers will be able to find Fiat Socialism uh, pretty much everywhere online. And uh, also in the in the stores of of Great Britain. Excellent, excellent. And Carlos, just finally, then, how can people follow your work and, and what you do on things like social media and so on? Uh, we, well, uh, you can find uh, our work in uh, lolabooks.eu and also on um, uh, Twitter and Facebook under the epigraph uh, lolabooks. Lolabooks is L O L A and then books. Now, Lola is, is my child. 
and that's yeah. how that's why the the company is called Lola Books. Okay, mate. Well, listen, thanks very much indeed for sparing the time for us to talk about fiat socialism. I hope that people have found that fascinating. I certainly have, and I would urge everybody, everybody who's interested in create the creation of a decent society, anyway, and certainly every socialist who's who's watching should actually get this book. And uh, I think it will be a really important um, uh, tool for us to, you know, make the case for socialism and to, you know, try and push back against this kind of neoliberal hegemony that has wrought such damage uh, on Britain and indeed really across the world for the past four decades. So thanks everybody for watching. We'll be back next week. Thanks to you, Carlos, again, for joining us this evening. So until next Wednesday, this is Chris Williams saying, bye for now.